0: According to Joe West, who says that in his heart, he can't believe that all these deaths in the United States are actually being caused by coronavirus, the pandemic is over. So feel free to run out your front door and hug some strangers and lick some doorknobs. Baseball's coming back. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and with me as always is the bearded Jacob Eamon. Jacob, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm feeling good. Definitely a lot better than I was feeling yesterday. So Yeah, felt
0: felt good to drop a bunch of money at the dentist.
1: Yeah. It was just weighing me down and now I'm free of that cash. <laughs>
0: Was it just a cover charge or did they actually do anything? Was it just a mandatory $300 cover charge?
1: Well, no, I I guess, so I, I've gotten my wisdom teeth out on two separate occasions there. They did each side, but then they're like, you know, you haven't had a cleaning at this dentist, right? So then after the last time I got my wisdom teeth out, they're like, do you want to book a cleaning and i'm like oh no no uh, and they're like okay well you have to come in to have your wisdom teeth checked out so we can just do a cleaning for you on that day as well I'm like oh, fuck let me get the fuck out of here and they're like okay we'll see you then i'm gonna confirm you <laughs> and so then uh i come in and they're like oh by the way you need to come in early because uh you haven't had the cleaning here so it might take longer i'm like Man, great thanks i can't i'll be there when you told me to and uh, so then I get there and they're like, yeah, okay, so you haven't had the cleaning here. looks like we need to do a bunch of x-rays then because we got we to gotta check on those teeth. And I'm like, well, didn't you just do the x-rays when you were looking at my wisdom teeth? And I'm like, yes, that was a panoramic x-ray that shows all around, shows your full jaw. Now I need to take x-rays just of the sides. You see how it's, it, it, it's like taking one of those pictures on an iPhone where you do the full panoramic. The details aren't there, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, great. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm being charged all for the, the x-rays. The, they take pictures now. They have this, like, toothbrush with, like, these crazy lights on it. They put inside your mouth and just take regular pictures. And, and then I got charged for the cleaning as well. Um, and I was very, very worried about the cleaning because it had been a number of years since I have had a dental cleaning. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, here we go. How many, how many cavities am I going to have? How long is it going to take them to do this fill, uh, cleaning? And I finished and the girl was like, how long has it been since you had the cleaning? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's a good it's I don't know. She's like, your, your teeth are cleaner than some of the people that I have come in here who get six month interval cleaning. So I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> there wasn't a mistake. Are you
0: sure that the dirt isn't just the color of teeth and that you shouldn't just chip away anyway? Because I barely brush.
1: <laughs> no, I do take brushing very seriously. Um, <laughs> very seriously. Seriously, I, I, like I if invested... Brittany ta- if
0: Brittany talks to you in the middle of a brushing, do you yell at her and say like, can't you see I'm in the middle of some serious
1: business? Yeah, well, I've got a whole timer thing. There's a separate device that counts down like when I need to switch to... Each quadrant of my mouth, I've got the electric Braun Oral-B Bluetooth connected. Um, I'm too
0: uh, I'm too worried to get my teeth cleaned. It's been so long at this point. It's been like, a, I'm going I'm to be straight up about this. It's been about decades since I've had my teeth cleaned. And so I'm just worried that either the hygienist is going to be grossed out or she's going to have to like book off an entire week and it's going to cost me 10 grand or like there's going to be so much plaque and dirt in my teeth. She's going to have to get her foot up on the chair to like pl- scrape it away. And the whole time she'll be like, God damn it. Like when's the last time you had this? God, do you brush? Do you floss? And it's just such shaming. It makes yeah. you feel like a
1: bum. But David, this is exactly how I felt. And again, like I was lying when I said it had been a couple of years since, since my last cleaning it had it had definitely been more than that if i can
0: see the crap on my teeth in the mirror they can see a lot more with their tools so i'm well aware i'm not going in there and they're gonna be like wow did you get this done yesterday they'll be like oh sorry have you been eating out of the garbage for the last five years
1: i'm just saying it might not be as bad as you think and it's only going to get worse it is
0: only going to get worse but is also only going to get more expensive. I'm going to have to pay for like two or three cleanings at once. I don't think so. They're going to have, going to, have to go through multiple people because their wrists and arms are going to get tired.
1: All right, so don't do it.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to eat a sandwich and lose six teeth. Yeah, okay. Um, tell me about your night. You went back to work, you, you started a restaurant, you risked your life for some people who wanted to eat a little bit of pasta, to drink a little bit of wine outside on the sidewalk.
0: Totally worth it. I'm a man for the people. You know, if I'm going to go down, I want it to be serving rich people noodles. Uh, it's weird, man, because, you know, for four months I've been alone and, uh, you know, on and off with my, you know, paranoia about this virus. And, uh, being really hyper conscious about being cleanly and sanitizer and washing my hands about twenty minutes into this shift i 'm like pulling my mask down with my hands, wiping my the sweat off my face i 'm taking my dirty hands and squeezing like lemons and limes into cocktails i 'm touching plates and glasses and credit cards it 's disgusting, but the one thing is that this is like a really nice restaurant in a nice area in Toronto and there's no patio so they had to do a makeshift patio. They put some tables just out on the sidewalk on Young Street like a super busy street. And you know, it's kind of nice, there's a nice vibe, but it's just a straight up sidewalk. And so we have about 5 tables, 5 four tops and everybody's eating and they're eating, you know, really expensive like lamb racks and steaks and truffle pastas and things like that. And at one point in the night, this garbage truck just starts motoring down Young Street. And it plants itself right in front of these tables. And it reeks. It smells like endless baby diarrhea. And there's these people who are like, oh, my God. Oh, the smell of the trash. Oh, it's like I'm breathing it in. I can't eat. But I, I, what am I supposed to do? They can't go inside. I have nowhere else for them to go. I have this mask on my face, so I'm just sort of pretending that I can't smell it, like, oh, is it bad? I can't I can't tell. Is it oh yeah, the garbage truck is right there. He's like, Oh, I'm trying to eat my lamb rack and eat my drink my two hundred dollar barolo, but every inhale is just trash. And it's such a funny contrast to these people that are used to such a certain way of living to have to experience, you know, just part of the real world experience of inhaling trash while they spend $600 on a dinner.
1: What, like, is there a commentary, like, when they sit down, are they apologizing to you? Do they seem, like, aware that, you know, that they aren't necessarily the most generous people to the world by forcing you to have to work on this patio in the midst of a pandemic? Is there any any of this kind of feeling that...
0: I don't think so, because I mean, they're not forcing me. They're not like, we're coming, get someone ready. You know, we've opened and we've asked people to come. So it's like, you know, people were like, is it suck to wear the mask? And it's like, obviously it sucks to wear the mask of it. And like a pool of sweat in this mask. And the problem is like, because I'm moving around a lot, I'm walking and there's a lot of dinner features at this restaurant. So every time a table comes, I have to give this monologue. But the problem is when I inhale to take a breath, the mask goes straight into my mouth. So it's like an inhale, but it's also catching my breath at the same time. And so then when I exhale out, I'm like, (laughs) and so I'm breathing a lot in this mask and you can kind of sense an awkwardness. You can sort of see their eyes start to, like their brows start to furrow a bit. They get a little bit uncomfortable and I'm trying to, you know, make comments about make jokes and stuff, but it's like they're aware that I'm, struggling and that I'm in sort of a shitty situation, but they don't really want to acknowledge it because then they'd be responsible for it in some way. Mm -hmm. So that's awkward, but it was actually kind of nice to be outside doing something, you know, have a bunch of tasks I could do and, you know, do it for like six, seven hours. I haven't done something like that in a really long time.
1: Do you also feel like you kind of have carte blanche to kind of do whatever you please because you're like because of the situation like i could just imagine like there's normally like rules like you need to have your shirt tucked in or something and it's like well who gives a fuck i i this is my my night out here and there's
0: normally an apron like a full body denim apron there's a gingham shirt with a bow tie jeans like i could show up there mask it was just t-shirt jeans no apron i was just running around like i was a Free bird. It was actually, that was what was really great is that it's a lot more relaxed now than it ever used to be. It would be really funny if I was out there in my full body denim apron and bow tie and gingham shirt. And I was like, "Uh, yes, I do apologize for the smell of hot garbage Mm -hmm. wafting into your mouth while you uh, drink your decanted Barolo. But could I offer anybody an after dinner aperitif? You know, it was more just like,
1: I don't know what to do. Were the tips better? This is, this is my final question about the night. Are people tipping for a pandemic? Uh, the tips at this
0: place are always pretty consistent, like 18 20%. I wouldn't say that it went above that. The tips at the table service aren't necessarily better. like They're always pretty good. But what people seem to be tipping well on is now that we've opened this uh, up for takeout and delivery, people are tipping like sometimes 30% on delivery. Sometimes they're tipping like 30% on takeout, which is like this added money that you don't have to do a whole lot extra for.
1: Oh, that's nice. And normally yeah. that stuff, they're tipping 10% tops, 5%. Well, we
0: never so. even did delivery before. So that's just a whole new thing. But takeout, sometimes you don't even get tips. You know? People yeah. are like, well, I have to walk all the way down here myself. Why the fuck would I give you any money? Because I think people think all tips go to servers or something like somebody didn't make this food like we just found it in the basement
1: or just to the driver
0: yeah but i mean yeah and the but now they have to do this awkward thing when people call for delivery it's like this is the way they wanted me to word it at the restaurant they wanted me to say on the phone oh, uh, the machine is asking me for a gratuity. Would you like to leave a gratuity as if like it would never happen before? Oh, sorry, I'm experiencing this uh, strange occurrence where the (laughs) uh, credit card machine is asking me for gratuity. I, I don't know what to do. Is that something that interests you? And I was like, that's snaky. Let's not do that. Let's just say, would you like to leave gratuity for the kitchen staff or delivery driver? Like, let's be upfront about what this is. I don't think gratuity is like this thing that people are unaware of. I think we're all aware that gratuity happens, and you're more than welcome to say no. You will be
1: judged harshly if you do say no, especially after you've been asked directly, and it's not just a machine prompting you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, hmm. you're not going to leave any tips. Okay, hold on. Let me I'm just get a call the babysitter watching my children while I'm out here risking my life to serve people food to tell her that I I'll have to come home early because I can't afford another hour of her care. So, no problem. No problem.
1: All right. So, you're still alive, though. At least you you haven't got... Well, you may have gotten COVID last night. Oh, no, yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, if I didn't,
1: then it doesn't exist. Joe West,
0: everybody. Joe West. Hey. Hey. Now we are gone from Dr. Fauci to Joe West, who we look to for all medical advice.
1: In case you haven't heard, Joe West yesterday said that he couldn't believe in his heart that coronavirus was responsible for all of those deaths in America.
0: And it will be his heart that betrays him if he gets it.
1: He's feeling good, though. He's lost 25 pounds, he said. so. You
0: know, there is an element of what he said, because... I. And I might be, you know, reading into what he's saying incorrectly, but, you know, just to give him some, if you have an underlying illness of some sort, if you have a compromised immune system, if you are uh, obese, if you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, these are the main things. I mean, there's, there's many things, but if these are the main things that seems to be the people who are really struggling with covid so, if you get COVID and you die, I guess there is an argument to be had over, did you die from COVID or was the COVID the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Now, it's a really complicated argument to have and I'm not sure that that's what he's saying, but... I would imagine that if Joe West got COVID, he wouldn't handle that well. No. And so I don't know what his point necessarily is because anybody who, I mean, you could make an argument that even people without these conditions, that maybe they had some internal stress, you know, maybe they lived their life, in a very uh, stressful atmosphere. And so their body is being compromised all the time anyway. And so then you get a disease like this and it ravages your body. I mean, something is going to be the end factor as to how somebody dies. So I don't, I don't really know what the point he's making is.
1: From my perspective, I think he thinks there's some sort of conspiracy in, in conjunction with the fact that he thinks by, having lost some weight, that he's not really at risk anymore, even though he's old and mentioned that he has other health conditions. But um, he he also just wants to... He's like 60 games away or something from uh, breaking the record for the most MLB umpired games. He wants to get it. He wants to be superstar Joe West, center of attention. And uh, nothing's going to stop him from doing that. <laughs>
0: and I mean we should all have the
1: right to die doing what we love, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Power to him. I, uh, like, I've like. i got no problem with him wanting to do it. Uh, the, the only problem I have is just like contributing to this idea that coronavirus isn't a serious thing.
0: Yeah. Especially in the States, you get one person who says that, who has a platform that's now on all of these sports sites and says, Joe West says that coronavirus isn't real. And then everybody who has that idea in them is like, yeah, you see, I fucking know. It's true, Joe West. Me and you, we believe the same things.
1: Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my issue with Joe West. But, you know, if he dies, he dies. I'm <laughs> I'm not too worried about Joe West's death personally. I I think that it would oh man, this is such
0: a <laughs> we're really we're gonna really get into the level of care we have for joe west's life uh i'm just picturing like this game that's going on there's no fans so the energy is a bit dull you know it's a lagged pace it's just a pitch catcher throws it back the pitcher's getting set to deliver and all of a sudden joe west just hits the deck and people aren't really sure what's going on they kind of look around like is anybody going to go out but People are probably afraid he has COVID, so no one's really willing to touch him. So they're just sort of poking him with a six-foot stick, just as he just sort of lays there lifelessly. It's like, I guess we don't play anymore, I guess. I don't know what to do. I can't lift him.
1: You got you to gotta imagine someone like Joe West or some of these other empires who really like uh, taking the attention on them. Again, building off what we were talking about yesterday, with no crowd sound, like how loud some of the umpire calls, like it's going to be unbearable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so true. Because I mean, that's something that's borderline unbearable with certain umpires, even with people in the stands. <laughs>
1: and 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 then if like any of these umpires are going to go out of their ways, because go, get out of the go out of their ways to get. In, a manager's face or something because you know they're not allowed to get within six feet of each other or starts yelling at each other so if all of these managers can keep a cool head is it gonna be is it gonna be some umpire that <laughs> takes off his mask and starts going towards a dugout now instead of the other way around
0: well some of those umpire calls are probably throwing the virus a good 15 20 feet because they just scream to the side do you think that the major league should have uh I mean, I'm sure there was complications with the umpires union and stuff like that, but do you think that, would you have been interested in them trying out the robot umpire for this season?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested in that anytime. You know, I, I, I'll miss umpires. Like I have a great affection for the umpires as much as I love shitting on them right now. But, uh, I want to see... I mean, I guess it's not really going to be as cool as I think it is. Like, sometimes when I talk about the robot umpire, I imagine there's this, like, droid hanging out behind behind home plate. Some Star Wars, like, droideka hanging around back there. It's like, roger, roger, strike one, strike two, (laughs) you're out.
0: (laughs) I think there's an actual human umpire that just kind of verifies the call of the robot it's sort of like the person at the grocery store that's standing by the self-checkout yes. <laughs> sort of like yeah, that's it you just yeah okay um yeah no you got it yeah great anybody needs any help you just put that red light on and i don't think i've ever been at the grocery store actually where someone isn't like knee deep in a conflict with someone at the store because the self-checkout doesn't work there's always like red lights going off like crazy yeah. Did you know that uh players who opt out they can opt back in? Like if David Price says, Hey, I'm not playing, I opt out, and then, you know, if a couple of weeks goes by, whatever looks like everybody's having a blast, or it looks like nobody's really getting sick, or it looks like it's safe to play, or whatever, you can be like, oh, I'm gonna play now. I'm gonna come back in. There's no time limit. They can come anytime? I guess not. I guess you can just Come on back, which I thought was sort of an interesting tactic for anybody who's you know got the money, got the position where you can be able to do that. You can just sit around, wait, and be like, mm, i want to come back." It's hard. Like, how would you view a player like that? Like, if if David Price all of a sudden three weeks into the season was like, "Ah, I want to pitch," would you would you view him differently,
1: or would you be like, "Yeah, come on back"? Uh, I guess it depends. Like, if there are you know very few cases they kind of mlb gets their act together they're testing people they're keeping things under control and things aren't you know going down the toilet like it seems like it's going to and some of these players that were worried about their health worried about their families start being like well maybe it's not so bad i don't think I, i would be upset to to have them back especially if it's a good player like david price
0: what do you think the team's perspective on that would be like say if you were uh If you were on the team and you'd been there the whole time and you'd been through, you know, all the rigors of the first three weeks of whatever this is going to be. And then one of your high paid stars just says, I'm going to come back now. And then he just waddles back in and establishes himself back in his spot. Would you would you think anything of that? I mean, it's hard to know because there's so much nuance in different relationships. But just Uh, generally,
1: I think I try and give him COVID. (laughs) Hey, Fuck that guy.
0: guy. <laughs> Welcome back. You want a little bit of a soup I'm
1: eating? It's super good. It's really, really good. I've been holding this ball in a box. <laughs> Saving it just for you. I know it's your favorite ball. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not wet. That's sanitizer. Um, Because talking about David Price, I, I had a whole, whole thing about David that I wanted to talk to you, David, about other David. And... My question for you is because we talked about David Price opting out on a previous podcast, but we didn't really talk about what the repercussions of that would be. Because, you know, for me, personally, I really thought that this is going to be the Dodgers' year and that they were going to win the World Series. And I thought David Price could play a big part in that. And now with him not in the rotation, for you, I can't remember if you already thought maybe it was the Yankees' year. Um, do you think that it's going to have a major effect on, on the Dodgers being able to win the World Series this year? Like, So right now, their rotation looks like Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Julio Arias, Alex Wood, and then likely Ross Stripling stepping back into the rotation uh, to, take, to take David Price's position. Uh, could be some of these other young guys, Dustin May, 22-year-old. Tony Gonsolin, I don't know who that is, 26. Um, if any of them can step it up, perform somehow better than stripling before opening day. What do you think?
0: The first thing I thought uh, outside of kind of what I said on the last podcast about David Price, but something I was thinking about uh, a couple days ago was with David Price opting out it put all this pressure on Mookie Betts not to opt out because otherwise that trade is absolutely useless like the Dodgers get nothing for for that trade in the and the Red Sox which seemed like a horrible Red Sox trade all of a sudden is like it's great so Mookie Betts is sort of like what are you doing man now I have to stay here and play this is all on me now but uh, I mean I always think that the Dodgers are gonna be right there um, <sighs> I don't know. Do I think that it's the Yankees year because of that? I don't know, man. Like I, I think I, I, I honestly feel like if, if this gets the whole way and we experience playoffs in a world series, whatever, I kind of have this feeling that there's going to be a team come out of nowhere that just goes on this run. Um, I, you know, I think on paper, if somebody asked me to put my money on a team, I would go Dodgers to win it all. I just feel like, I like the narrative of it too. You know, they make it to the world series so many times and they don't win. And then in this shortened season, they'll win the world series and then they'll forever be this asterisk on their world series win. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of like that because uh, like my cousin, I said, as a Dodgers fan, I just like, uh, I'd like to be able to tease him for that. But I do feel like there's going to be this team come out of nowhere and go on a run and win. But if I had to put my money on a team, it would be the dodgers. Okay. How do you feel about it?
1: I mean, I do feel I do feel like it's going to be a sort of a defining blow. I think that Price could have really put them over the top if he performed well, and I think I, looking back on the Red Sox winning the World Series, David Price performing in the postseason the way that he did eventually, I do feel like was something that defined their their World Series when they won it.
0: I don't think I believe that David Price uh, will, will do that again. I just feel like, you know, he really kind of settled his playoff narrative in that run with the Red Sox, and he finally was able to be dominant in very key moments and was a huge part of their World Series win, and I think he got a huge monkey off his back. Um, but I, I also think that he's just an aging pitcher with diminishing skills, and i wouldn't say that he tips the scales hugely for the dodgers i just even in a relief role i just don't i just don't buy that so i don't really think that he sways my opinion about the dodgers ability to be able to win the world series i think hugely mookie betts does and i think that that's the the bigger piece that gives them such a massive advantage but i just don't yeah david price doesn't make me feel that way
1: I think when you compare him to someone like Ross Stripling or some of the other dudes that they're going to have to replace him I I think it is a, a something that could really tip the scales
0: they've got an embarrassment of riches on that team if you need another David Price to try to win it all after you get Mookie Betts then like fine it's, it's still
1: just it's still just for me that rotation like they've got Bueller who I think is one of the top pitchers in the game
0: now and, may looks really good too if he can take a step forward this year that's yeah you won't even remember who david price is okay until he tries to come back and they're like nope do you ever just wish you were a fan of one of those teams like that they, they, they got you going as much as like the jays do like you were emotionally attached to a team that had all those resources and had all of the allure of these great stars and you just wanted for nothing. You knew that anytime there's a free agent out there that your team was going to be after it, you'd probably sign them. You know that you, every year you're watching that there's a chance that you're going to have a nice playoff run. Do you ever just get jealous about that or you just wish that your heart would shift over that you could?
1: Not at all. Not even a, Not even slightly. David, I'm an underdog through and through <laughs> to the heart. I wouldn't make a podcast about it if, if it was any other way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't buy that, I don't buy that I buy that I feel like that to me just came across like a husband saying i sure i I notice other women, but my heart is with my wife, and I have no sexual attraction to any other woman but my my wife and so uh please stop asking me questions like that because I'm afraid my wife's listening
1: yeah i'm not gonna I'm not gonna even respond to that <laughs> You want
0: to get into Unsolved Mysteries or what?
1: I guess we should, David. Um, you uh, think that
0: this episode took a step forward or a step back in terms of this really shoddy series that Netflix has? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you can probably guess the answer. I think that I think that this might have been the worst episode. Like, I kept trying to think this morning when I was waking up thinking about doing the show. Like, was this episode worse than than episode two?
0: This episode, in my estimation, I was thinking about it while I watched. I think it could have been eight minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, you basically got everything that you needed to know and nothing changed. And it was just a kind of horrible story that wasn't... I mean... This could have been this episode could have been a tweet,
1: <laughs> like this was this is not an episode of television. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, I, I maybe we've just given too much credence, too much credit to even talk about this show on our podcast. But we can't stop now because we've started and. Yeah. You know, that's
0: probably the way they felt when they were making these episodes. They were like, fuck,
1: these all suck, but we can't stop now. We've already started. I can't believe that. There's so many great mysteries out there in the world. Maybe they've already been done. I I don't know. But but Even the way they tell the story, like, like, like trick me a little bit, like take me down a different
0: road at some point. Don't just keep on the same dull train the entire time. And this, this episode doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It's like. This seems like the shittiest group of friends that that i 've ever seen, and they're and they're trying to make themselves look like these sympathetic figures it's like they've they've got a black friend that they take to this party in the middle of nowhere, and it 's like, yeah well, well you know like me and my friends like we don't look at race, yeah we don 't see race it's It's like we just take our only black friend out to the middle of fucking nowhere in this field to an all white party guys. We don't know. And then we just leave him there and uh, now he's dead. And like, we don't know. Cause we don't see race. It's like, well, maybe you should see race in a situation like that. Maybe you should think about these things, especially in this place in the world, because now they can't even tell how your friend died because like cat, cats and dogs ate his fucking skin off.
1: It's, it's so true. It's so true. And what you're talking about doing doing the same episode every time, they've got this formula. Like I don't know who, who taught them this or who told them about this formula, but every episode starts the same way. Listen, this is how great this person was. Everybody loved this person. Yeah. We were best friends, and yeah, they were no. everything to everyone. I want to see one of these episodes start now where they're like, listen, Charles, he was <laughs> a run-of-the-mill piece of shit. You know, he he was rude to most people and he was known to lie cheat and steal yeah. whenever he could it wasn't really a surprise that he was murdered but you know the <laughs> way he got killed it was
0: yeah. very mysterious because then in that way everyone's sort of a suspect because you're like oh god everybody sort of hated this guy i can't tell i can't tell
1: who it might be and they're so bad at relaying information on this show like again like i I, here I am. I'm actually, like, sort of taking notes because we're going to talk about this, and I still, like, I don't know who any of the people talking are. I know. Like, like maybe, I, do they even put up people's names at the beginning? I think they do, maybe once, and then you're just supposed to remember because, like, okay, so it all starts with Beard Guy. I'm just going to call him Beard Guy with the freaky scars under his eyes, the guy who drove him to the party. He eventually said he called Adam, some other <laughs> dude, and uh, told – Told him that he was lost, and uh, he he said, "You know, give Adam, give Lonzo a ride home." And then in the and then in the background, he can hear Lonzo giving him shit that Beard Guy's lost. But then later, he's like, "I guess Adam and Lonzo never really connected about getting that ride home." I'm not sure what happened there. But then I was like, "Wait, did he? Did Beard Guy?" call adam is that who he called or was that a different friend that he was calling who was gonna tell adam to give him the ride home i'm I'm just i'm so confused was adam in this show was adam one of those dudes interviewed was he that guy who looks like mike trout's ugly brother
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna tell you straight up i had to watch this fucking episode twice because i kept drifting in my mind it took everything in me to follow it and I I, feel, I felt like oh I must have missed something because this is the most boring piece of trash I've ever seen so I had to watch it all again I was like oh no it's just a horrendous show and the thing, one of the things that bugs me the most about the way that this Unsolved Mysteries works when it's especially when it's really bad is the reenactments I don't ever need a reenactment Ever. I like the interviews and like the actual footage of places. And if you can show me real footage of something, the reenactments are horrendous. They'll be like, and we were at a party and you know, the vibe was good and we were all dancing. And then they show like the lamest party in the world. And I'm supposed to be like, Oh, that's what a party is. I had no <laughs> idea what a party was. And then the mother was like, and I went into a, uh, to see if Lonzo was in his bed and the bed was empty. And then they show an
1: empty bed. Oh, he's not in the bed. That's an empty bed. That's so like I what looked, she said. I looked in the basement and he wasn't in the basement either. Now we sh- now we see an empty basement. <laughs> Whoa, that's what basements look like.
0: Thank oh, you. And I know that's not their actual basement, but thank you for showing me just any old empty basement so I could piece together in my mind what empty basement could look
1: like. It's all just filler. You know, like, (laughs) no, I know
0: it's filler, but I don't need it. I'd rather just prolong the interview or, like, just show me, like, teach me something more about why these guys would go to this party in the middle of fucking nowhere, in the middle of a field next to a creek and leave their friend there. Like, uh, tell me more and and don't, like, show a guy walking into a party with a case of Budweiser being like, oh, it was one of those
1: nights. They don't find his body in this episode until 30 minutes into the episode, and the episode's 46 minutes long. So, you know, again, like, the mystery is who killed him. So, right, like, that's that's what we're trying to get to here. Um, and then I guess also the mystery is how the FBI... And the KBI, the Kansas Bureau of Investigations, didn't find his body with all those dogs and the search party they did. And then the family went out there a month later and found the body within thirty minutes, right where they said they had looked for him. Um, that's a little little suspicious to me. Uh, the whole thing, like. Just reeks of corruption, cover up, racism.
0: It's all. It's all, But like you're saying, it's also the way that they give you information, right? Because they say like, uh, "We we did a, an inspection on his bones, and there was no there was no puncture wounds. There was nothing that penetrated into his body." And you're like, "Oh, that's weird." It's like didn't look like there was any kind of physical assault. And you're like, "Oh, wow." So that is a bit mysterious. And then they're like, "He he could have been strangled, but we don't know because animals ate all his tissue and skin." <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, so so you don't actually you don't actually know anything just because this took too long.
1: Well, either that or this coroner is just like in on not wanting trying to protect you know someone in the neighborhood that he's related to that might be involved, and he's not going to give any sort of information about it being a any type of murder. They could not figure out how he died. Since when do autopsies not work? Is that a thing that is just happens all the time that that I don't know about? Uh, I thought yeah, they were... it seems
0: like there's a whole other story that this episode is actually about that is just being avoided in this episode. That is really frustrating.
1: Yeah, there's there's no interviews with any of the police this time. We don't get we don't get any of their side of them investigating it. We don't get the FBI. Yeah, these are
0: Kansas police. They were probably like, oh, you know, we heard a a black man was dead in the field and we didn't even go. We just
1: thought... Mm. We don't even have a journalist or someone who's just like interested in this as a story. The only people we get telling this episode are his family and his friends. There's There's no one to like point to any of the potential corruption or like what the actual story of why this is mysterious. Yeah. Like you could do a whole making a
0: murderer, like doc series on this case and it would be super interesting. And the family has to agree to be on this dumpy show just because they want to get the story out there. They want to ask for help. They want to know if anybody knows anything. They want the world to see this, but the show doesn't help them out at all because it's just like do, 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 do. we don't know what happened if you have any inv- and it's like no 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 fucking cut the music and let's get into this story because this is
1: fucking terrible yeah why is no one calling out these investigators or the FBI they did they said they did hundreds of interviews with people from i guess people from that party people in town and they couldn't get anyone to rat out anyone, anyone to say any information that was worthy enough to get into this episode about this guy's murder. And then, then they keep, they keep showing all of these like Facebook messages, I guess, or all of these things where, where someone's like, everyone knows whose freezer they had him in. We all know (laughs) you and I know, like, can't we get some like IP addresses, trace who's writing these messages, go ask them a few questions. Yeah, stop trying to portray this
0: like it was magic that killed him, and like own up to the fact that this was a fucking racial killing in a super, in a super like white area of a really shitty part
1: of the world, and get into the story. I, I I still I'm still pissed about the coroner too. And when he says he's like, if someone sets their mind to it, you could dump a body. You know, it. it I mean, it, it's really inconvenient though. You could, it bodies are heavy. You gotta yeah. carry it through the brush to. Well, to but, yeah, because
0: he started by saying that he, he he was like, you know, it'd be really hard to carry this body for that period of time. I mean, bodies are really heavy, and then. But he said, but if somebody was motivated, they yeah. could do it. If well, they, re- they probably set would. Their mind to it. <laughs> they probably would be motivated if they had done it in the first place. I'm gonna guess.
1: I don't want to get away with murder. <laughs> it's too much work.
0: Oh, I just killed this guy. I don't want to carry him to the creek.
1: He's heavy. This. Yeah, I think I can, I can pretty much say that this, this episode was worse than episode two. It's even less mysterious. It doesn't even deserve to have spooky music. No. I'm pissed. <laughs> the one
0: positive light I can see from this whole time is that Nick Nurse finally grew out that fucking goatee and grew a beard. I saw that today for the first time and I was like, thank God, man. You got rid of that dirty little carved out straight raised goatee and you got yourself a
1: full beard. I hope he keeps that. I don't think he will, man. He's just teasing you. He's gonna, they're going to get on the court. He's going to get his goatee back. <laughs> he's, why? He's, why? Because like, that's, wh- that's his identity, man. That's, that's the double M. He's got a new colorway for his double N hat, brand new color. I'm interested. Where can I buy it?
0: Nick Nurse does love Nick Nurse, but I want to love Nick Nurse more. I want him to keep that beard, even though his mustache is super shoddy. Like he looks like he has a 12 year old's mustache, but are like a really good thick everywhere else beard. So,
1: you know. I haven't seen the, the beard, so I can't comment on it. I will look into it
0: it's It almost comes across like you know one of those Amish mustacheless beards because the mustache is so shoddy, but it's better than that goatee
1: yeah, okay. well, I'll look into it. I'll have a look. Um, I wanted to ask you, unless you have anything else you want to say about Nick Nurse's beard?
0: No, no or no, goatee no, I just I just wanted to to shout out to anybody else who's feeling that same way. Anybody else who's feeling me about Nick Nurse's goatee, get that shit off your face,
1: yeah. Tweet us about it if, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you're like fuck yeah finally someone called out Nick Nurse about his shitty goatee. Send us a tweet. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> we're we're at Underdogs Canada on Twitter. Um, no, uh, uh, David, I wanted to ask you uh, this whole thing that the that the MLB is doing with with letting the players decide if they want people to know if they have COVID or not. <laughs> How long can this really last? Because I was thinking about this like once the games get going, and there's a player who isn't playing, <laughs> and the media is like, "So uh, Travis Shaw, where he's not playing today, and they're like, well, he's did he tell you that?" <laughs> they're like, well, he wasn't on the field. Is he available?" And they're like, "Well, he's not available. No. Uh, well, okay, is is he injured?" Like well, uh, you might have to ask him that. I guess <laughs> we we can't. We're not. We're not going to tell you anything about Travis Shaw. We what? are they going to say? Uh, you know, no comment. Or like, what if it's any? So if it's any other injury, they have to tell you what it is, right? Like they give you an update. They're like, man, he strained his lat. We're not sure about the timeline. We're going to take it easy on him. Would they just say illness? He's out for illness. Back when he reports to. I mean, uh, back when he's feeling a little more positive? Like, <laughs> what are, What are they going to do with this? It It is a really
0: weird thing to try to hide. We all know what's going on. And, and it's not like you're just going to have to sit out for a game or two games. You're going to have to be out for like two weeks and then get two positive tests in order to return. So there's going to be a lot of managers sweating over the mic. If if they're not allowed to to talk about this,
1: yeah, it just seems preposterous. Will, that will
0: Travis be playing tomorrow? Do you think, Charlie? Uh, maybe yeah, he might. Yeah, he might. Yeah, we're gonna take a look at the roster and uh, we're gonna make the decisions that we think are best for the team. I'm gonna ask Travis how he's feeling, and will you be able to physically be around Travis to ask him if he's playing, or will it be a Zoom call? Oh uh you know we'll we have different options of how we communicate with players and uh we'll pick the best one that suits our ball club's interest at this time would you be comfortable being close to travis shaw right now i think travis is a great young man and uh, i like being around him uh. we're
1: very close (laughs) we are close so would i be close to him i am close to him so uh, that's the answer (laughs) (laughs) it's absurd it's absurd let's just i understand they want to protect the players like shame or like whatever like they don't want players might not want people to know that they have covid and and i can see how it makes sense now there's like a great mystery of who's even at the rogers center right now what they're doing it's all like feels very shady and they can tell us whatever they want but once people start playing, if if Hunjin Ryu isn't pitching and it's his turn, what are they gonna say? Uh, it would be a
0: little bit easier with a pitcher, at least because there's days separating their starts, so you could you know that helps you <laughs> buy a little bit of time. But I mean, you also can't make up an injury. Like you can't go to the media and be like, mm, his arm hurts. And you're like, does it? Does his arm hurt from quickly? covering his mouth with his elbow when he coughs because he has COVID 19 or does his arm hurt from throwing a baseball
1: oh um (laughs) would you say that he's feeling hot and not in a good way (laughs) all right uh well we'll wrap up here for today and uh we'll see you all tomorrow just wanted to uh say
0: that uh If you are listening to our podcast, if you like our podcast, you could help us spread this podcast just like the coronavirus. If we have 50 listeners listening today and you were to cough our podcast into the mouth of one person each, all of a sudden it's 100. And if those 100 people were to lick our podcast into the eyes of another 100 people then it's 200 and so on and so forth so help us spread this podcast just like COVID-19.